And welcome everyone to another episode of Turn and Buckle Talk. I'm one of the co-hosts, Matt, and I am joined again today by my other co-host, Slade. Slade, how's it going, man? It's going good. Oh, nice to hear, nice to hear. I hope everybody's it's staying nice warm. To, I'm, I'm, I'm absolutely scorching here in the in the subtropical climate of Athens, Alabama. I think the I think the high yesterday got I think it might have got up to twenty seven. Yeah, man, you can't uh where I'm located, you can't get much further south in the state that I'm in because I am in South Mississippi. Uh, and it got I, cold I, for y'all. Yeah, I was about to say, I can go about another hour before I hit the Gulf of Mexico. Um, yeah, we were seeing single-digit wind chills down here yesterday. Um, so with that being said, I hope everybody's staying warm, um, uh, finding a way to stay warm, pets are warm. Um, and, and we'll pull through this. It does seem, I was thinking since we've started this podcast that about once a month, there's some weather issues going on. Yes. <laughs> I think I've it's, had to it's, deal with like three hurricanes, uh, uh, a, a freaking snow blizzard storm. Uh, oh, yeah. <laughs> so I don't know if that's a sign or what. but he, Yeah, because it's like, oh, go ahead. I'm sorry. I was going to say either way, we're still here and we're still talking about wrestling. There you go. Yeah, like it was weird because like on Sunday they were like, yeah, once the once the ice clears up, we'll be good the rest of the week. And then like last night, oh by the way, there's supposed to be a round of snow coming right behind you. So it's been that kind of week. Absolutely. So yeah, with that being said, we figured we would record another little wrestling podcast since we don't have too much going on in our lives right now uh, because of the weather. Um, before we get into the podcast episode today, please give us a, a like and a follow on social media, on Facebook and Twitter. On Facebook, we are at Buckle Talk, and on Twitter, we are at Turnbuckle P. Um, you can stay up to date with all the new episodes as soon as they drop, and, and we try to live tweet during episodes of Raw, SmackDown, and NXT and AEW during the week on Twitter, um, if our schedules permit it. Right. Yeah, but today we are actually on our 20th episode, Slade. This is episode oh, number yes. 20. Excellent. Um, yeah, so we got us, we're, we're at a nice even number, um, 20 episodes in. If, if you've been along with us for this entire journey, we appreciate it greatly. Um, this is your first time listening. We appreciate that as well. Uh, I urge you to go back and check out our previous 19 episodes. Uh, I think we've covered a vast array of topics over that time, current and older. Um, we'll continue to do the same going forward. And and like I said earlier, we appreciate um, your support and your ears for listening to us. Um, so today we we just figured we kind of kind of a roundup type episode, I guess, for lack of a better word. Um, we just kind of go over what's been going on. We have a pay per view coming up this Sunday, the Elimination Chamber. Um, so we'll talk about it. NXT just had a takeover this past weekend. Um, I think Slade, yeah, Slade told me, you know, he didn't watch it all the way through. I didn't watch it all the way through, um, but we caught bits and pieces of it. Um, so we'll kind of give our thoughts on on a few things there. And then anything else that, that kind of caught our eye over the past two or three weeks um, on any of the shows and um, that we like, maybe that we didn't like. Um, and just whatever pops up. So that being right. said, you you ready to get into it? Let's go. 
All right, so we'll start, uh, since it actually happened um, the, uh, recently, we'll start with NXT. Like I said, we had we didn't watch it, you know, sit down and watch it all the way through. Um, but I watched probably all of the first two matches and bits and pieces of the rest of them. Uh, Slade, what about you? Uh, kind of caught the ends of most of them, kind of getting prepared for this one. Um, obviously, the story coming out is... Uh, at the end of the show, Finn Balor retains his title over Pete Dunne. Um, then Lorkin and Birch come out and start beating up Balor. And then the Undisputed Era, which is Kyle O'Reilly, um, Roderick Strong, and Adam Cole come out to save the day. And then at the end of the show, when they do the little the the Undisputed Era pose, Cole hits hits Balor with a super kick, and then when you know, when O'Reilly asks, you know, what are you doing? He nails O'Reilly with the kick. So the the uh, Undisputed Era explodes. Yeah, it, uh, side note, whenever I know, I know that the super kick is very overused now, as a lot of moves are, um, yes. and undersold at the same rate that it's overused. <laughs> But I will say, man, when it when when it's done right, that super kick is still lethal. Like it still yes. looks lethal. Um, and Cole yes. Cole uh, laid a nice one on on Balor when he did. Oh that. yeah, he did. It was well done. Absolutely. Um, and did you have any other takeaways from NXT? Obviously, uh, that you know that's the main one. I think somebody. I think everybody's been wondering for a while now if Undisputed Era was going to break up. Maybe not if, but more more so when. Yeah, it you know would they take them all to the main roster and then do it or or whatnot? Uh, and then I think people were were kind of wondering how it would happen. You know, there when when you have a faction that big of four people, um, there's you have endless ways of doing it. You know, um, to to make it make sense. Um, so it's interesting to see where they'll go with that moving forward with the way they did it. Oh yeah, and and you can do a lot of things now. You can sort of give what you could. I mean, you could have Cole win the belt off of Balor and then have O'Reilly beat Cole to sort of redeem himself. I mean, you can have Cole get mad at O'Reilly for not winning the belt and bringing it home and befriending Balor. I mean, there's a lot of ways you can go. I did think it was kind of funny that Pat McAfee got on social media and started saying, I told you what a scumbag he was. Next time you'll listen to me. I want my apologies to have hashtag Pat was right. And it was great. It, it reminded me of like a Bobby Heenan, like I knew it, I knew it all along. Like, uh, I knew he was going to do Heenan, that. Heenan after uh, after Hogan turned. Yeah, yeah, I knew it. I just knew it, knew it all along. Um, but yeah, so obviously that was that was the biggest takeaway from the show, as it should have been, you know, ending the show and right. what. Um, what else stuck out to you, or did anything else stick out to you really? Uh. Kushida made his debut. That match, the I caught some bits and pieces and some highlights a bit. It looked really, really good. Um, really a big fan of Dakota Kai and Raquel Gonzalez in the women's division. I kind of am intrigued to see how they do that when because they're guaranteed a women's tag team title shot for winning the women's Dusty. Um, Ra- Ra- Raquel Gonzalez is a beast. Yes, she is. She's a she- beast. She's got the look. She's got the size. She's made herself a much better worker. Um, she's got a future. She's got a really good future. She's got a, a unique look. 
she's much like she to me you know and i don't want to correlate everything back to late 90s wwe but she's a modern day china like a, yeah. a, a more athletic like more wrestle ready china right um you know because china, china was a bodybuilder she wasn't a, necessarily a wrestler yeah china had the size and she had a, a look and she had charisma and i don't mean that in terms of talking but she had like a a present look yeah yeah, yeah. That, that I'm not sure that Raquel Gonzalez has yet, but Raquel's got a lot going for it. She's already way better in the ring than China ever was. So. I mean, yeah, I mean, you think about it, though. China was a bodyguard to Triple H. Like, right. You know what I mean? And it wasn't a joke. Like, yeah. she was a legit bodyguard for Triple H. And you know I mean, I think if you remember, like, I, I remember her, her first coming out was when Marlena was in yeah. the corner with Goldust, and she's just ragdolling. Yeah. She's so it, around like a rag doll. So yeah, it's 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 very interesting. I'm kind of intrigued to see what they do with this. Um, Dakota's a workhorse, you know, going in, she can go for a long time. Um, the I'm, I'm not a, I haven't seen enough of this MSK group. Um, and I can't. Uh, Wesley is one of them, which is just a terrible name. And they beat the grizzled young veterans, who I actually quite like, uh, James Drake and uh, Zach Gibson. I'm a I'm a big fan, and I kind of uh, kind of was hoping they would win it, but you know it is what it is. Nash Carter, Nash Carter is the other guy. That's a great great name. <laughs> Wes Lee is probably worse, but yeah, too many Carters in wrestling as it is. You got Eric, you got Dixie, you yeah, just just never mind. But yeah, and then the other thing that I saw, and I didn't see it live, and I haven't had a chance to go back and rewatch the whole thing. So the other match on the cards is only a five card, five match card, which is fine. But it was Io Shirai versus Mercedes Martinez versus Tony Storm for the women's title, and they did the spot where you know they had a big collision, and Tony Storm gets up and she goes to the table and she starts pulling off monitors and the table completely collapses which is just hilarious yeah yeah so you're like yep we know it was supposed to happen and and storm just like she had this look on her face like what am i supposed to do with this it, it so that was what i take away um obviously the big thing is balor uh, i mean uh cole turning on balor and o'reilly going hill which i i kind of like cole more as a cocky heel but he had sort of grown on me as a face, I have to say. But I think O'Reilly's a better pure face for this, and I think the right guy turned. I think so as well. Um, for me, the, the things that stuck out to me, um, and I think I told you about this off before we started recording, but uh, Cameron Grimes had a promo or, or a vignette, I guess you would say, uh, I urge you, if you're listening to this and you haven't seen it, go YouTube. I'm sure has it. Uh, WWE's social account. Somebody has it. You'll find it. Just type in Cameron Grimes. Money promo. M-O-N-E-Y. Money. Got you. Uh, and it, it, he's grown on me over uh, probably the last six, eight months. Uh, I didn't really care for him. I didn't really get his shtick at the beginning. Um, but then right around that Halloween Havoc with uh, – who was it that he had the Halloween happy match with? Was it um, oh, with Loomis? The priest? 
it was either priest or I can't remember, but the the whole build leading up to that, where he got to be more entertaining and and it really kind of reeled me in with him. Um, and I've gotten to where I enjoyed enjoyed his stuff. Um, and he's like, not, yeah, yeah, yeah. And Grimes isn't bad in the ring either, so that just adds no. to it. Um, so he should be coming back soon, uh, relatively soon. Other oh, and, thing, and speaking of Loomis, we forgot to mention the other thing. Um, Loomis kidnapped Austin yeah, Theory. Yeah, he abducted him. So he had an abduction, and uh, a person was burned alive in the ring in like the last three months in WWE. So, yeah, I mean, so and, yeah, how are you not entertained? They were putting yeah, the E in WWE constantly. That's the thing. That's the thing. Like NXT adding this is to me, it's good because oh, they've always had the wrestling. They've always yeah. had the guys that could go. Like that's yeah. been their thing. But add yeah. stuff like. Shotzi Blackheart having a tank and Dexter Loomis kidnapping people and Cameron Grimes and being, you know, just a complete goofball. Uh, Eli Drake made his appearance uh, uh, in LA Knight. Uh, Gargano and, uh, uh, I'm not Gargano, yeah, Gargano and Candice LeRae, Candace like LeRae. the stuff they did at their house and whatnot. Yeah, the, the, the cup being in the centerpiece of the table. I mean, you're, you're adding to it, and that's, I think that's a good thing. The, right and, and pro wrestling in its best is a is like a circus where okay even if i don't love the in-ring action if i can get something that entertains me i'm good man it's a, if it's i a don't variety show up, yeah i've got i've got something for everything yeah i've got excellent in-ring stuff i've got excellent out of the ring stuff that's when it's good right and if you know if you remember I don't know. I can't remember how many episodes ago it was, but I was just, I was talking about that with NXT. Like they're the best wrestling show on a weekly basis, in my opinion. Like wrestling. Yes. But for me, for me to get more, you know, I'll watch it, but it's not my favorite. SmackDown is my favorite, but it's still the best wrestling. But for me to get more invested into NXT, I wanted a little bit more entertainment. Like if they could have taken some of the silliness from Raw, you know, take yeah. some of that away from Raw and put it on NXT and do it the NXT way and not the raw way, then they'll, you know, and that's what they've done over the last six months. They've added a little bit more. Um, I don't want to say gimmicky stuff, but just more entertainment. Um, and I, you know, I've enjoyed it. Um, it's only helped the show in my opinion. Yes. And, and it's showing these, these talents range that they're not just really good wrestlers that they, you know, they do have personality and they do have charisma. Um, right. You know, because a lot of times they'll they'll be really good wrestlers in NXT and then they get called up and then you never get to see any of their charisma or personality because right. they get the Mojo Raleigh treatment or the EC3 treatment or or anybody, you know what I mean? And, right. and so they don't have that opportunity, but now they're getting that opportunity on NXT. So the people watching do know like they are capable of this. Um, so yeah, that that I like that. Um, I like speaking of Shotzi, I like her and Ember Moon together. Um, right I, I, you know they tried to make it they had matching uh matching gear and whatnot they both came out on the tank speaking of her tank uh every time she shoots that little nerf ball out of it it reminds me yes. of american gladiators whenever they had that obstacle course thing where they yes. shoot the tennis balls and you got that one holding like the gun thing they're yes yeah, it always reminds me of that but uh so yeah i like them together um and then you mentioned the, the Tony Storm, Io Shirai, and uh, Mercedes Martinez match. 
one thing that I've had a thought of, and it kind of it kind of triggered in my mind when Tony Storm, because she turned heel, right? Yes. Okay, but she still got the same entrance music, right? Right. She still wears the same gear, right? Right. She still has like the same entrance walk and gestures, right? Right. right. So how is she a heel? Um, you know what I mean? I mean, she has a slightly meaner look in her eyes, maybe. That uh, maybe that's yeah. that's about all I got. So that, but that was one thing when I noticed that uh, and like I don't like when they do that. You turn somebody heel and I'm fine with a gradual turn, kind of like they did Bailey. Yeah. Um but there was something kind of that changed every week or every two weeks. Nothing's changed with her. It's the same thing. Um, and, and outside of what you said, maybe a, a little more serious expression in the ring. Yes. Um, but she's not, and I don't, you know, if you're going to turn somebody heel, turn them heel, you know, even yeah. if you want to, if you want to do it over six weeks or two months, still turn them heel, like just turning them heel and keeping that music. That's fine for the first week or two, maybe, you know, they attack somebody and then they walk out with their music the same music but the next like they need something you know they they changed it with shinsuke they changed his music um although the original is better and they've thankfully changed it back but i understood because you don't want the fans doing what they do with chris jericho on aew and singing along to his entrance song right when you're supposed to hate him so i understood why they did that with shinsuke but um, it was just something that caught my mind with with tony storm and it's not necessarily strictly with her it's just in general um, if you want to do that turn, like throw some things in there to help that turn accelerate. You know what I mean? Right. Um, because like I said, same music, same gimmick, same little, even if you put like the eye black on the different eye. Or yeah. Put something. Or put it on both. You know, right. Put it on both eyes. Right. And you could be like, I'm not, this isn't me. Like this wasn't me last week, but yeah it's still the same thing just i don't know it just kind of caught my mind and 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 made me think about that um i'm trying to think what else really i think we covered everything on nxt that kind of that kind of piqued my interest at least um and yeah i i can't really think of anything else can you no that that about that about covered it and from um, what I saw, like I said, I, I, I watched, I'd probably watch 65, 70% of the whole thing in total. Um, and it, I mean, it's a takeover. You're not going to have a bad takeover. Right. So, I mean, will I remember it in a year? Probably not. But, it, you know, um, I do like that they keep bringing back these old retro names. Um, it would have been cool if they would have used St. Valentine's Day Massacre instead, um, being that it was actually on Valentine's Day. But, um, yeah, overall, nothing to complain about with that. Oh, absolutely. And, again, it's like we talked about on here before. The five-match card the five match card in the, non, in the non-work, in the non-audience era is perfect. Money. It gives you about 30 minutes for match, uh, intros, um, um, hype videos and whatnot. It gives you time to sort of let it breathe, but it never feels like a chore. Yeah, it's not overwhelming. Like that's that's something my brother, my brother, my little my younger brother was at Mania in New Orleans a couple of years ago, and I told him, and he asked me if I'd ever want to go, and I said I, I can't do that. I, I can't do seven hours of wrestling; it would kill me. 
because yeah. watching it on TV kills me. So yeah. it's it's really hard to keep that energy for that long. Yeah. So they they found a niche, and I and and I hope that once the I mean, obviously the network's not going to be a thing anymore. It's going to Peacock, the NBC streaming uh, service, which I've now purchased, so I can have it. But uh, but yeah, I hope they keep this. Like, I'm not saying you don't have to extend it some. Like you know, manias and your right. summer slams, you can you can push it out, but there's no need to have five, six, seven hour shows be the norm anymore. It's just it's not worth it. Yeah, right. And and from experience, another issue with those long shows is you get to the the last part of the show and you've already forgot what happened at the beginning. Right. Because there's so much that like that WrestleMania that you speak of that your brother your little brother went to, I was at in New Orleans. Dude, I had to come back home and rewatch it just to remember what happened all the way, you know, all the way up until uh, the Ronda Rousey and Angle and Triple H and Stephanie match. Like, I remembered from that point to the end, but before that, I knew, like, Charlotte and Oscar wrestled, but I didn't remember it, you know what I mean? Because um, I just saw, like, 13 matches. Right. And so it's just, it's like sensory overload. Like, it's fun. You know, I got my money's worth. Um but in, yeah, I mean, and then Braun Strowman. I remember Braun Strowman picking Nicholas out of the crowd. Um, I love that part. But um, it, it's definitely more, much more of a chore when it's these longer, drawn out pay per views. I agree with right. you. Um, I've said it before. You, you know, just save it for the big four. Um, make them feel more important. Uh, make them three and a half, four hours long. Obviously, WrestleMania going to two nights. I think that's going to be permanent. Um, I think you'll see probably two, three and a half hour shows. Right. You know, maybe a, a six o'clock to nine thirty type deal, central time. Um, but on the weekend, I mean that's fine. Uh yeah. So yeah, I, the 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 five match card and, and having it paced the way they do, they've they've hit a stride with that. And I th- I feel like takeovers are always that way. Yeah. Um, they've always been smaller cards but longer matches. Um, and it, it works because, like I said, there hadn't been a bad one yet. And they've had, what, like 35 of them or something? Um, yeah. And That's so, yeah. So, I mean, you're, they're batting a thousand. It's wild. It's crazy. Um, so, moving on, we got Elimination Chamber coming up this Sunday. We got two eliminate. Do we have two Elimination Chamber matches or three? Uh, have three. See. You have two. Yeah, because there's not a women's Elimination Chamber. Okay. Match. Yeah. That's what I was wondering about. Um, so as of now, we have uh, the first Elimination Chamber match is on SmackDown. We have King Corbin versus Kevin Owens versus Cesaro versus Daniel Bryan versus Sami Zayn and Jay Uso. Um, a, a unique stipulation to this one, I'm pretty I'm almost certain this is the first time, but the winner of this has to go on later in the night and face Roman Reigns for the Universal Championship. Um, pretty sure that hadn't happened on the Elimination Chamber before. Um, so do you have any thoughts about this match uh, going into Sunday? Obviously, um, before we mention anything, we're recording this before the go-home episode of SmackDown. Um, so things can change, obviously, um, with what happens on Friday. But um, what are your thoughts on this one? Um, my thought is, and I, we talked about this before we recorded, my thinking is, if you really want to set this up right, I, I would have Cesaro win. 
Mm-hmm. Um, he is he started to get hot. That probably cut on talking smack was great. And you could really you could really set something up. All you have to do is have Cesaro just kill, you know, go through just have him come out first. Have him be the first one in the him and Corbin be the first two to come in the be in the chamber and have him go all the way through him win it obviously exhausted obviously tired obviously beat up and then like he's celebrating in the ring he's gonna get that title shot at the end of the night and then reigns and music hits um Heyman has a microphone and he says oh i forgot to tell you the other uh, other part of this contract says that whoever wins the match has to face reigns not only tonight but he has to face him immediately after Reigns comes down, destroys him, one, two, three. And so, you know, it looks like he – but and then you can put him on the back burner if you go with the Edge versus Reigns at WrestleMania thing. Right. You, you can still keep him warm through that and have him say, look, you wouldn't have beat me if I wouldn't have been just completely dead after going through five other guys in the Elimination Chamber. So that's where I would go. Now, I don't – and. There's you could do an intriguing thing if Uso if Jay Uso finds a way to win it, and then he decides he's not going to lay down and, but I think I'd go Cesaro. Right, I can see that, and I wouldn't be mad at that at all. Um, I think, I think Uso's in the match is kind of a sacrificial lamb in the sense that I think he's in there just to take one person out. Um, right, I think it's either going to be Owens or Daniel Bryan. Um, and that will be like his main goal. Like I could see where he somehow eliminates himself. I don't know, but he gets that other person out as well. Um, but I can see Cesaro would be like a sneaky sleeper pick. Um, I could see them trying to go some weird way and have Sammy win it and then do exactly what you just said with Reigns coming out immediately. And then Zane spending the next two or three weeks saying that he is a conspiracy. You know, he got a shot, but it wasn't a fair shot. Da, 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 right. da. Even when I succeed, they're still trying to hold me down type thing. I could see that. I don't know if they'll go that way. Um, I don't know, though, because you got Fastlane before WrestleMania, right? Right. All right. So here's what I think is going to happen for Fastlane. So I'm kind of trying to book backwards. I think you're going to have Jay and Roman against Edge and Christian at Fastlane. Right. So I think in that sense, the Elimination Chamber match needs to be something to kind of clear Roman of any other obstacles other than Edge for Roman. So I think Owens wins. And And he beats Owens, and that's it for Owens. Because Owens has had seven, eight shots. Yeah, yeah. And I don't, I kind of, you know, in every single match they've had, like, I've even tweeted it out on our official account. Like, I can't get enough of their matches. Like, they're awesome. Um, But it's to that point where you know Owens isn't going to beat him. Um, And I think that's a mistake. No, absolutely. Absolutely. If you give him that many chances, somehow, some way, he needs to win one. You know what I mean? He Um, wins one. Like, they, that cage match on SmackDown. Yep, yep. that was, was a perfect chance. Because <clears throat> you can do it where, where he doesn't, like, you can even do a thing where Uso accidentally screws up and handcuffs Owens, or handcuffs Reigns to the ring. Owens escapes. 
Reigns just becomes a complete tyrant toward Jay, and you get more uh, sympathy on U- Jay Uso, and then right. Reigns wins it back at Rumble. I mean, that would have been the easy thing to do. Right, but you know that that ship's already sailed. Um, so, uh, yeah, if, if I think to get to Edge, they're just going to wipe the slate c- clean. Um, yeah, I think if you know, I'd like to see Cesaro just in a championship match, regardless if it was a squash or not. But I feel like the internet would kind of blow up if they did that to him, um, because he's very a, a very beloved figure on the Twitterverse. Right. Um, so if they did that to him, I could see a lot and a lot of people going berserk. Um, so I just think deep down, I think it's going to be Owens. Um, that way they can not start anything new, not get anybody else like in your head about who will go after Reigns. And then, you know, he defeats Owens again. And then we're off to the races with Edge, which I'm super duper looking forward to if indeed that's what happens. Yes. Yes. Um, and I think, I think that's where we're going. I hope. I hope. Um, also, we the second Elimination Chamber match is for the WWE Championship. We have uh, Drew McIntyre is in it. Randy Orton's in it. AJ Styles is in it. God, that doesn't sound like a 2010. Uh, Sheamus and Kofi Kingston. Jeez, all these are old guys in a good way. Um, I just realized that. That's crazy. Like, Drew's probably, yeah, Drew's the youngest one out of all of them. Drew's 35, Styles is 43, Jeff's 43, Randy's 40, 40s. Randy's 40, Sheamus is 42 or 43, and Kofi is 39. So, yes, yeah. we have a that's crazy. I just McIntyre, realized that. this is this does have a 2010 feel when McIntyre was the young up yeah, the chosen one, the chosen one, yep. and guys like. I mean, Styles was in TNA, but guys like Hardy and Orton and Sheamus and Kofi were like, no, you're not. So there is kind of an old school, like 2010 feel here. I I kind of, I'm I'm with you on that. Um, Yeah, just reading those names just kind of made that click to me. I was like, wow. And the, uh, and and of course, the stipulation here is all the people who are in this match have been former WWE champions. Um, Kofi's took, uh, the Miz's spot. The Miz was originally supposed to be in it. He said no. Tried to get Morrison in, but they did a match between Kofi and Morrison for the spot. Uh, Morrison has never been a WWE champion, but he was the ECW champion uh, in 2007. He was supposed to beat a certain person on Night of Champions. Or no, 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 no. He replaced said person on Night of Champions and beat CM Punk for the title at uh, Night of Champions 2007. I think we all know who that person is. It's Chris Benoit. He replaced him, but that's another story for another time. Um, but so they tried to do that, and Kofi beats uh, he beats uh, Morrison for the for the spot. And now we have McIntyre versus those guys. I think McIntyre wins. I really do. Yeah. It it's it's the classic old school WWE philosophy of, oh my God, how can he ever win? The odds are stacked against him, and then of course he overcomes the odds and wins. And at some point, if you overcome the odds all the time, you become the odds. Right, absolutely. Uh, I agree completely with you. Um, 
I don't see just, you know, reading the names. Obviously, they're not giving it to Jeff Hardy. Um, they're not giving it to they're not giving it to Kofi. Um, Orton doesn't need it. Styles doesn't need it. Sheamus, I mean, you could you could have Sheamus win it and then Drew win it back from Sheamus at Mania. But and my and I I've heard this and I agree with it. Sheamus Drew doesn't strike me as a Mania match. I'm sorry, it, it doesn't. It doesn't. But I think. Because here's the thing with Drew. I was thinking about this the other day because a lot of people, his his championship reign, you know, he's been the champion essentially the entire time during the the, the Thunderdome slash pandemic era. Uh, and he, he's been discussed, you know, it, a lot of discussion about why, you know, uh, why isn't it working or is it working or blah, 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 blah. What can you do better? And I think the thing with Drew is they're giving him this typical – big guy babyface push as a champion your Hulk Hogan type push um, yes I don't think that works with no crowd you need right. something for fans that a story for fans to get invested in while they're at home right um, because you look at what Roman's done he's gotten fans invested um, or you know whoever's directing yeah. those storylines they've gotten fans invested in him as a character um, him being champion is just icing on top. And so with that, I was thinking like, what, how could it get personal with Drew? Like, and Seamus is the only one where it can right. become a personal story where the championship is because of the championship, but the personal story kind of takes the focus and the championship is, is kind of pushed to the back per se. And it's more focused on their personal relationship and and how they you know how they've gotten to where they're at, um, and I to me, and I was just gonna say to me at this point on Raw, Sheamus is the only one that can do that with Drew, um, and for that that would be the only reason because like I agree with you like Drew McIntyre versus Sheamus doesn't sound like a championship match at WrestleMania, I mean I think in most years it wouldn't be. But also, like, who else do you have if Edge goes against uh, Roman on SmackDown? Well, there's another match on here that uh, that um, that's on this thing that sort of leads me to believe that they may go a different direction. Um, and I'll mention it here in a second. But I can see that. I, I think Sheamus is not the worst option if you go that route. Ooh, they will have a brutal match. Because, yeah, they're, they're legit best friends, and you know how that works in pro wrestling. That just means you beat the crap out of each uh, other. Yeah, and Sheamus is already stiff as a board. Yeah, like Sheamus is already stiff. McIntyre's pretty snug himself. Yep. And you're good buddies, so you're willing to, to be a little bit more snug. So that would be a good match, and I'm not, like, totally opposed to it. But I'll just go ahead and say it because the next match I was going to talk about was the U.S. championship match, triple threat mm. between Lashley, uh, Riddle, and Keith Lee. Yeah. Lashley yeah. has been probably, outside of McIntyre, the most dominant person in on the Raw roster. For sure. And in a triple threat match, he doesn't have to lose the belt at all he doesn't have to lose to lose the belt so it would be an easy way to get the belt off of him 
and do it in a way where he still looks dominant. Like have a situation where maybe he has Riddle in the hurt locker and he slings him around and the referee accidentally and he the referee gets kicked and knocked down. Riddle taps. Lashley uh Lashley lets go because he feels the tap. And then Keith Lee comes in, like does a pounce and knocks uh Lashley out of the ring and he pins a completely out of it riddle to win the championship. Lashley looks like a monster. You get the belt only, which I think is the ultimate goal anyway. And you have a guy that can say, I never lost the belt, but, and, and I can see uh, MVP, the promo the night after, like saying, yeah, it sucks that he lost and I hate it, but we've got bigger fish to fry now. I just want to point out that he hasn't lost. He's only lost like, twice since May and that was to Riddle when Riddle tapped and the ref didn't see it and the other time was when he didn't even get pinned for the championship so that's my gut feeling on what they're doing now I could be wrong I've been wrong before but Lashley dominating the way he has and them setting up a triple threat match seems to me to be a way to get the U.S. belt off of Lashley and and still have him be in a position to win the belt or be a legit contender for McIntyre. And Lashley and McIntyre last uh, June, I believe it was, was really, really good. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, I, I admittedly hadn't thought of that until you brought it up, but as soon as you brought it up, I'm 100% for it. Because, um, like I said, I've forgotten all about Lashley whenever I asked, you know, who else is on Raw? And obviously, you know, you, you bring up Lashley – uh, I, I tweeted it out the other night, I think during Raw, that, you know, Hurt Business themselves, they're the best thing that's happened on Raw in the last year. Yes. Um, but Lashley, the way he's been booked over that same time, I don't uh, – he may be – outside of probably Roman, he's probably been booked better than anybody because he looks legitimate. He made – like they've made you forget about that whole deal with Rusev and Lana. Yeah. Um, and and he yes he's he's looking how he should have looked his entire career in WWE, which is he an looked, unstoppable machine. Yes, and that's and and like a triple threat match sets it up perfectly. For because sure, because he can yeah. he can lose the belt without losing the match. You and if you decide to go Lashley as your champ for whatever reason, he's got a ready made feud with Lee right there. And if and if you have Lashley lose. He's still got a ready-made feud with Lee if Lee's your champion. I mean, you've got directions you can go if you do that. Uh, I, I like that. I like that. Um, and not to get too far into the weeds on WrestleMania, but selfishly, I would like to see Drew win, um, either retain or win the championship at WrestleMania this year, whichever one, just so he can have a real WrestleMania moment that he was supposed to have last with, year. Yeah, with, um, with and, a, I mean, obviously not the sold-out crowd that he would have had, but at least a few fans to celebrate with him. Right, and you're still in that stadium that you were supposed to be in the year before. Um, So just selfishly, um, that's what I would like to see happen in a couple months. Uh, So, yeah, we already talked – you talked about the U.S. Championship, the triple threat match. I don't really have much to add to that. I agree with you completely. I think it will be a damn good match, I will say that. Um, All three of those guys have kind of a really good chemistry with each other, it seems. Right. So I think that'll be a really physical um, and a really fun match. Uh, what else do we have? Uh, we have well, we have one we have one more 
but we don't have one more. Yeah, it's for the Raw Women's Championship. It was supposed to be Asuka versus Lacey Evans, but if you watched Raw this past Monday, you would have found out with the rest of the world that Lacey Evans is pregnant. And that's and that's a real life pregnancy. It's real not life. A, she talking, is. It, we're talking real life here, fellas. Yeah, it was uh, the. Uh, of course, the storyline is Nate got her pregnant, but that's not true at all. But so, congratulations to Lacey. Um, sure. But that puts us kind of in a predicament now because we pickle. don't have a, a women's championship match. In between a and rock I, and a hard place. And I don't know where you go here because if you were wanting to set up Charlotte versus Asuka for the belt at in a quandary. Nate, and, you know, have Lacey, have Charlotte do something during the match and kind of finish off the Lacey feud between now and Mania. Well, that, that opportunity is gone. So I don't know what they'll do. My gut feeling is they'll do an open challenge deal and Peyton Royce will take it and Oscar will win in about a 10 to 12 minute match where she makes Peyton look good. And then you can start planting seeds for Charlotte versus Oscar. You can do, you can even have a spot where maybe Charlotte comes down with Oscar, you know, in her corner, and she accidentally trips her up or something. You know, something minor that that plants the seeds. But yeah, they they they're kind of they're kind of stuck between a rock and a hard place with what they got. But that's just part of it. Um, I agree with you on the on the on the. Congratulations to Lacey um, on a personal level. Um, celebrate any time a, a new life is getting brought into the world. Um, and if you've if you've seen any kind of background information on her, like watched any videos or whatnot, you can tell um, she takes being a mother is the most responsible thing that she can. You know, you can tell she cares a lot and she enjoys it. So um, once again, congratulations to her and her family. Um, but yeah, I'm kind of like you. I don't know what happens. Maybe, maybe Becky Lynch comes back and 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 gets in Oscar's face and says, "Hey, give me a shot to get back what I never lost." Right. Um, that would be a shot in the arm, you know. Because uh, yeah, you know, and then the obvious would be to to pivot and go to the Flair thing, um, where I thought they would go all along for WrestleMania. Um, but then it seemed like Lacey was, you know, it, it all got discombobulated with the Lacey and Rick thing. Um, but maybe out of necessity, that'll kind of get put on the back burner here. Um, and we can get the Oscar Charlotte feud. Um, it doesn't really make sense for them to be a tag team if they're not going for the championships, in my opinion. Um, obviously you want, you know, you want them to, to bring up other women and, and, but I feel like they could do that in a singles match or in a singles feud, um, with those women. Uh, I just don't see much value as them being a tag team if they're not in a championship hunt, um, as opposed to being in singles feuds, you know what I mean? Right. Um, but yeah, it, it's going to be interesting to see what they do Sunday. I don't think they've announced any kind of replacement or whatnot yet. No. As far as we know. Um, so they might do that Friday. They might do that the day of. They might do it without doing it, if that makes sense. Then like right. I said, Becky Lynch's music hits. She runs out and she says, I want a match right now. I don't know. That would be cool. That would pop me. 
Um, it certainly be unexpected, uh, but yeah, it'll be be looking forward to see what happens there on Sunday. Um, and that's all that's scheduled, right? Yeah, there. Now. As far as I know, there's nothing left. Now, I would not be a bit surprised if they add. What they could also do is add a Juana and Naomi versus Baszler and Jacks women's tag team title match. If you just get desperate. Well, that could be your kickoff show. Yeah. Uh, especially, especially with the uh, with the uh, the viral sensation that was yeah. Nia yelling uh, my hole after yeah. her uh, after a missed uh, leg drop on the apron, which, as we all know, is the hardest part of the ring. And absolutely, it was it was actually pretty funny. I mean, I, I have to say, the, the, juxtapos- the juxtaposition of her screaming my butt, oh my hole. And then Lana shoving her through a table to win the match. It, it, it was just funny. Oh, it's it it creative. Was, it worked. Yes. It worked. Like, like I can't see Lana beating Nia Jax in a tables match any other way. No, you got to do it with someone else. Yeah. Yeah. And Lana really needed to win after being put through a table for nine straight weeks. Yeah. I think this is like the longest gimmick feud with a table ever. Ever. It's ridiculous. I mean, even 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 the Dudleys generally got through with it in a couple in a month or two. I was about to say they moved on to somebody else. You know what I mean? Yeah, like like I know the Trish Stratus thing where she would lay on tables and get Bubba in a trance, and then she, Bubba and then wasn't the only one she would get in a trance. This is one hundred percent true. One hundred percent. There's about ten to twelve million people watching that were yes yes fixated. Yes, um, the the table the stuff that she would do on the tables yeah so but yeah like even that only lasts like a month or a month and a half and then they they moved on so yeah this is the longest running tables feud i've ever seen um yeah hopefully yeah uh, that's about all i got when it comes to that um another match i could see them putting on the show would be Big E versus paula cruz yeah I could see them doing that. Um, that could be a kickoff show potentially for the IC Championship. Uh, I really enjoy watching them together in the ring. Right. Paulo Cruz is so good in the ring. He's so athletic and it's, it's so natural for him. Um, and Biggie, he's he's fun to watch as well. Uh, I'm hoping that they go like full heel turn with Apollo. It seems like they're doing kind of a slow teasing turn. Um, yes. I hope that he just goes full heel. I think he could be a really good heel. Um, I do too. And throw him either with Roman and and and, and Paul um, or somehow get him on the raw down the road and get him with the Hurt Business. Um, oh, yeah. He, he's, he's another one that's a lot like Shayna Baszler. I think if he had a mouthpiece, he'd be a, a really good heel. Yes. Um, where he he's already got him. the move set. Yeah, no, yeah, he can do it in the ring. It's just what comes along with the promos and whatnot that that I think would limit him in his heel work because he has a natural babyface tendency about him in a look, right. you know what I mean? But if he doesn't have to speak and whatnot, it would help that out. Tremendously. So I could see them putting that on the show. And another one, maybe, uh, Rude and Ziggler versus Street Profits? Maybe. Maybe. I just... I wish they put the belts back on the Street Profits, but they haven't really done much with Rude and Ziggler since they won it. That's yeah. what's confusing. Yeah, yeah, that's what's confusing. 
Like they haven't really built Rude and Ziggler up. And I know it sounds weird to say they need to be built up, but them as a tag team. Yeah. Um, lend them some more credibility. That way when the Street Profits do ultimately take it back from them. It, it means, means something. something. It's yeah. not that you just beat Ziggler and Rude. Like, no, you yeah. just beat the champions. It make if you do it quick, Zig, but it makes Ziggler and Rude look like flukes if you if you don't. Well, that's the problem though, is that I think Ziggler is looked at as a fluke because right. of his entire body of work, which is unfair. Um, because he's fallen in that category where he makes other guys look so good. You know what I mean? But Because right. if you look back on it, uh, the man's had a really good, solid career in WWE. But when it comes to, like, these title matches and these opportunities and these title reigns, nobody believes that it's going to happen with him, you know? Um, he's, he's the guy that all these new call-ups face in their opening feud type deal. Um so I think that's part of the problem and, and why they should have been building Rude and Ziggler up the last few weeks since they won the championship. Right. Um, you just took it from the Street Profits, who are a legitimate tag team, um, who held it for close to a year. Uh, that should be a legitimate win, and you should be able to, to build off of that. Um, it just feels like they just put them in neutral ever since they won it. Right. Um, and I don't think that helps anybody, them or the people that wind up beating them in the long run um so yeah that's that's kind of what is going on for elimination chamber on sunday um and now just some general things is anything uh overall smackdown nxt whatever is, is there anything um that you've been liking i think raw's been getting better the last couple of weeks man it's not a it, it's not a it short has, watch it has um like I said, you've hit most of the high points because obviously at this point we're on the road to WrestleMania. Uh, so you're going to start getting a lot more. Um, it's going to be a lot tighter. You, you know that's coming. They're going to start really kind of zeroing in on the mania stuff. Um, I'm not. This is this is more of a complaint in general, and I'm not really want to sound like a complainer. But one of the things I do have a slight issue with is in the men's rumble match or not in rumble chamber match on the raw side i know they're wanting to do the whole thing with wwe champions being the ones in it there's nothing jeff hardy's done in the last year that that deserve that gets him to deserve a championship match in my opinion he spent most of the last few months tapping out to lashley right just all the time so i don't quite understand how he i mean I understand the idea. I understand the gimmick. But I think you're better served. I mean, he's he's the guy that's either so obviously not going to win that he wins, or he's the guy that's so obviously not going to win he's going to go out first in like five minutes. Right. And I feel like in this case it'll be the latter. I agree with you. I agree with you. And no disrespect to Jeff, I don't think you'll find a – a wrestling fan on this earth that doesn't respect the hell out of Jeff Hardy on what he's done. But I agree with you in, in this case. Um, it it, it kind of stands out. It's kind of like, huh? Why is he in yeah. there? Yeah. Um, well, uh, I had a thought on NXT because we didn't even talk about him. Okay. But what are your thoughts on Karrion Cross? Uh, this is going to sound bad. Uh, 
I'm more intrigued by Scarlet than I am him, truth be told. Um, like I feel like he's he's a good worker, he's good in the ring, but he just doesn't click for me. Um maybe I'm just missing something, but like the fall and prey stuff with Scarlet, I love. And the her coming out with the hourglass that, you know, your time's up, that always intrigued me. But I just, I just, I just can't get into him. Yeah. Um, I think a lot of people are the same way in terms of they're more intrigued by Scarlet than Karrion Cross. Right. Um, to me, anytime Scarlet's on camera, she just, she, overtake you know she takes over yes the scene or the whatever you want to call it um yeah like your eyes are just drawn to her yeah she's an incredibly attractive woman but she has a presence about her on yes. the screen that you just that you can't help but keep like watch her right not just like because the way she moves the way she acts like she just yeah she just has that presence about her and i don't think carrie and cross does Right. And I, you know, and I just Googled, I Googled him because I thought he was shorter than he is. They got him at 6'4", 265. I could have swore he might have been 6'1", um, but that might just be. It could be, it could be wrestling. Uh, well, it could be wrestling. Yeah, it's, it's Wikipedia, so you know how that goes. But my, my whole thought with him was it's, it's a believable gimmick in in NXT, where the majority of your guys are undersized and smaller, but is this shtick? Are you going to intimidate Drew McIntyre? Are you going to intimidate Randy Orton? Are you going to intimidate Big E? Are you going to intimidate uh, uh, a Lashley? Uh, Lashley or any of you? You know, is this gimmick going a, to be a believable? Right. Will it transfer to the main roster? Um, and that's something that more, oh, go ahead. I'm sorry. I was just gonna say that's something that's kind of crept into my head the more I've watched NXT, and it's one of the things I kind of you know, and I don't want it to take away from the experience I get while I'm watching NXT, but I find it coming like naturally. I'm asking myself, like, will this work on Raw or will this work on SmackDown? And instead of you know, just enjoying that talent in the moment i'm kind of wondering about the future and i think that's natural because you kind of want to see them against roman reigns or whatnot yes so that's kind of where my mind's going with these nxt talents and with him i don't yeah i mean is that going to intimidate roman is it no you know what i mean um so i don't know if it'll have the same impact on the main roster and and to me that's my first thought when i think of him outside of like you said scarlet kind of being at the forefront between those two yeah um and i, I hope, hope for his sake it does you know yeah i, I yeah carrying he's got a decent look he's he's good in ring but like i say scarlet to me and it may just be me is the star of that show for sure and yeah that's that's really all i've got as far as i mean yeah, I, I, I don't see, I don't see him translating to the main roster. I just you would have to crank up a lot of the 
for lack of a better term, supernatural stuff for it to work. Right. And I don't know that you can now. No. I mean, I don't see him being Mark Calloway levels of living the gimmick and making it work. Right. Um, well, <coughs> speaking of, of supernatural and and females kind of being at the forefront of of of, of tag teams or whatnot, uh, Alexa Bliss. What what do you think about what's going on with her? Uh, well, she's always had the character work. Like that was always the one thing I could say about her, even when she was five feet of fury, Little Miss Bliss in like 17 and 18 where her ring work was never going to be as good as your Charlotte's, your Becky's, your Sasha's, your Oscar's. She had the promo skills down and she knew exactly what her character was supposed to be. Her facial expressions were brilliant and she is knocking this out of the park because you are really playing to her strengths as a performer and letting her sort of shine in that way and not necessarily, and I don't want this to sound like an insult, but she's not having to be like a workhorse person. She can just kind of be, kind of let her talent as far as facial expressions and uh, character work and talking go. It's yeah. It's to me, it's the sting effect. Sting yeah. from WCW for all of you younger listeners. Uh, we've talked about it before and it's not is is something that's notorious was he didn't wrestle for a year and a half right he didn't have to he said all he needed to do is yeah he just needed that spotlight shown on him up in the rafters just standing there watching or sitting down in a random chair watching holding a random crow watching um and then he'd come out and he'd point a baseball bat at somebody and the crowd would go wild and yes. then he finally started hitting his little Scorpion DDTs and, and, and whatnot, and then he'd bleed. Um, and, yeah, you didn't – yeah, he didn't have to say – he didn't talk. Not only did he not wrestle, he didn't talk No, for a year. And, and what he did by not wrestling and by not talking, it worked better than if he would have wrestled and if he would have talked. Because if you um, wrestle – because in his case, if he would have wrestled and talked, the, the miles would have – caught up with him absolutely people, it wouldn't have worked because people would be like oh i can't believe this guy i mean he can barely move he's, he can barely talk he, he can't be hope but sitting in the sitting in the stands and he comes down out of the rafters and he points that bat at hogan and he whacks him with it and then he hits the scorpion the scorpion death drop he had the people eating out the palm of his hands for sure you know, and, and I love, uh, like I said, I get that same feeling with Alexa. Um, but I love that they're doing it with Randy. Like, yes. there's, to me, there's something about, and I don't, it's ain't going to be a man woman thing, but I, there's something more believable. I don't know if it's because Randy's been tied with the Fiend, but there's something about it being Randy Orton that she's messing with that makes it more believable to me. You, she was doing you also, it, if she was doing it to, if she was doing it to, uh, 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 oh, what's her name? Ruby Riot. If she was yeah. doing it to Ruby Riot, it wouldn't have the same effect as it does right. to Randy Orton. And no disrespect it's, to Ruby Riot. It's, know. it's, yeah, but Randy and Randy's the kind of guy you know is like he would absolutely 
he has no qualms about RKO in a woman. What oh, he already did. He did like yeah. two weeks ago. <laughs> yeah, he did it to her. Like, but it was just, clean. She took it like a champ. And she and he's just, yeah. Yeah, she's so just. I, I think that helps a lot with it being yeah. Randy. Um, yeah, Randy just, and Randy knows how to play his part in this so well. Randy's so good, man. He's so yeah. good. He he's so good. He it's it's one of those he I think he's appreciated. I I think I know he's appreciated. He's appreciated. I've always thought it was interesting, and I've talked to you about this before. That if you talk to the like the old timers and the people who are like veterans of the of the business, like your Cena's, your Christians, your Edges. They all just glow about how fun it is to work with him. Right. How he's so good in ring that he does all the things that you don't that you don't ex- understand. The intangibles. And, like, and it's and it sometimes comes across boring, but when Randy Randy always had good ring work, but when he sticks his teeth into something, he's as good as there's ever been. For sure. When he when he really feels like something hit him the way he wants it to hit, he's perfect. Yep. You know, and and, and then hearing uh, kind of to piggyback off of what you said about the older wrestlers and whatnot, hearing wrestlers talk about him, um, yeah, from Cena to Edge to any of them that have wrestled like, with what? him or around him, and guys like talk about his yeah his athleticism and his natural ability. Um, they all like it's kind of the same way people talk about Mark Henry, like him being, you know, legitimate strongest man in the world and crushing apples with his hands. And like, you got these other superhuman people saying it. all of you, you know? Um, and, and I think he's just one of those kind of like Cena, man. Like he's not really going to be fully appreciated by people until he's gone. And I don't mean, you know what I mean? From wrestling, wrestling in the ring. Um, because he's just been around for years um, and people have taken him for granted. Uh, you know, they, they know what they're going to get and they get it with him, but what, what they don't realize is what they're getting from him is better than 98% of the wrestlers on this planet on a consistent right. basis. Um, and I think we, we've kind of gotten to a point in society where the same thing, you know, another analogy, same thing with LeBron or with uh, uh, Zion Williamson now, uh, these things are expected. They're not appreciated. These performances right. that they're able to put on on a consistent basis. You know, LeBron the other night, he just had like 37, 13, and 7. He's hey, 30, right. you know, like that's that, but nobody's freaking out over that. And he's almost 20 years in, you know, he's, like he's that's and that's that's consistent for him, those types of games at this age and with this mileage on his body. Right, but, but that's it's it's when he does it. Oh, it's just LeBron doing LeBron, or Zion yeah. goes off for thirty-one, ten, and five. Oh, it's just Zion being. Yes, the expectations are not appreciated. You know what I mean? Right, um, and we've gotten that way with society, where like we expect these extreme feats of impressive athleticism on a consistent basis, and when it happens, we don't appreciate it necessarily. But when it, you know, but this, as soon as they drop the ball or they fail one time, we're too quick to criticize them. Yeah. Um, 
Yeah, you, we expect we expect the 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 superhuman, and when he's just human or just extraordinarily an extraordinary human, not good enough. Right. I mean, dude, I got sometimes I can't keep my balance when I'm putting one of my socks on. You know what I mean? Like, come on, like who am I yes. to sit there and, and call some a, a basketball player or a professional ref, a wrestler a bomb? You know what I mean? Anyway, yeah. that's a different tangent for a different day. Um, but yeah, that, that's kind of how I feel with Orton and, and to circle back around, I'm glad that, that they're doing with this, this with Alexa, um, and, and doing it with Orton, um, right. as her kind of, uh, foe. Um, also to piggyback off of that one, what, what, do you think when the, do you think he, the Fiend comes back Sunday or do you think they're going to hold him off some more? Um, you got to think they're, they got to build something for WrestleMania, right? You still got fast lane, so maybe not. You could still do. You could still do Alexa playing mind games with him. That's true. Um, I, I hey, kudos to WWE for not bringing him back yet. Yeah, they they well, they they're holding off, and I, I hey, knowing WWE, he could get. I mean, you saw it with Randy; he was wearing the uh, the mask one week, and then come to the pay per view six days later, no mask, and looking like he looked in two thousand four. Right. Um, so they're notorious for rushing these things and and so props to them for holding back and and not pushing too fast with with his return well there's a there's another theory i've seen and i don't know if it's true or not but you wonder if the death of brody lee is on this is sort of giving him a chance to actually kind of take some time off and grieve could be because i mean and, and i'm not I don't want to make light of it, but you know they were extremely close. Oh, for sure. So I can, so I could see that being okay. You know, he's going to be off of TV anyway for this angle. We can sort of hold him off a little bit longer, and and he can take a little bit extra time to sort of process it before coming back. And. It works because, as you said, WWE is extremely infamous for hot shotting these kind of things. Oh, definitely. And they did it with Punk in the summer of Punk back in 11, where, you know, Punk wins the belt at Money in the Bank. They do the tournament where Mysterio wins the belt. Then Cena wins the belt for Mysterio that night. And then Punk comes back that night. And I'm like, no, you, you could hold off on this for a little while. But right. that's that's where your money's at is him you know is cena having a little bit of a run and looking like he's unbeatable and then punk comes back and says yeah but i'm still the actual champion right so so kudos wwe um whether it was accidental or not i'm not doing that with this for sure for sure uh, it'll be interesting to see how he comes back and and you know, if he's going to have a different look, a different everything. Uh, they need to put Bo Dallas with him in some way, shape, form, or fashion. I don't know yes. how that man still hadn't got released from his contract. It's amazing. And, hey, I'm not criticizing. I'm absolutely amazed that he hadn't – because you've had on-air talent who, like, wrestle, and then a week later they're released. This man hadn't right. wrestled in, like, two years on TV. Um, right. But the, the, I've always loved him. Um, Do you, are you Bo a Bo gimmick, Oh, his Bo Lee gimmick in NXT. Like when he got kicked out of NXT, one yes. of the best moments, one of the best uh, segments on NXT still to this day. 
right him running around the ring and everything uh he's got that whole family's you could tell it's just they ooze talent and they love the business so yeah i would love to see them somehow integrate him with the fiend um not crossing my fingers on that but uh it'll it's going to be fun to see where that goes Um, right also, while I'm thinking about it, because I'm still on his Wikipedia for some reason, I guess it just didn't X out. But can you, do you know, or could you guess who Karrion Cross was trained by? I actually just looked it up. Oh, but I think I, you cheater. But, but, no, no, no. But I I'm think kidding. I would have actually remembered this because I remember Scarlet and this man having like a lot of interactions Okay. on the Twitter. Yeah, I just and saw this is, and I was like, that was just, I don't think I'd put that together. No, that's the only reason I even like thought to guess it. Um, I'll let you tell it. Yeah, so Karrion Cross, the Mr. TikToker, the Mr. Demonic, uh, 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 your time is coming up. Mr. I'm going to intimidate you for three minutes while I make a slow entrance to the ring. Falling great. Yeah, he was trained by the one and only Disco Fever. Disco Inferno. That's right. Disco Fever. Yeah, 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 yeah. He's so cool. He's just a disco dancing fool. Sorry, I got way too excited. Oh, dude, that's one of the best entrance songs ever. Yes. Um, a little disco ball coming on the screen and everything. So, yes, yeah. And, and I, him just disco dancing all the way uh, down the aisle. All the way. Now, him and Alex, right, would have dance off. Uh, the dancing fools. <laughs> But yeah, uh, so I just saw that, thought that was pretty interesting. Like I said, I wouldn't have put two and two together. I just, I remember her and like those two having interactions. And I can't remember if, if him training, if him training cross came up, but they were like talking about like how he remembered when he was really young. So I was like, okay. okay. So I don't know that I just like right offhand thought about it, but I remembered seeing it. Right. Huh. So yeah, there's your interesting fact for the day. Um, proof that you do learn something new every day in life. Absolutely. Uh, oh, and one more thing. I meant to send you this message, but I keep forgetting. Also, because I mentioned it on the last podcast, I was talking about the smoking guns. Right. Finishing move. I mistakenly yes. said they were on the wrestling challenge, and that was false. They were on superstars. Right. Because um, wrestling challenge was like 86, 87. Superstars was the early 90s, 92, 93. For those of y'all that missed what I said, I was talking about their finisher, how I'd never seen it before and how it was very innovative for the time. And it was basically, they would get the guy, shoot him off the ropes and go to a back body drop. But the other guy, the other smoking gun would be standing behind the first one. And as the the opponent was coming down, he would catch him and it'd be a pile driver. Very innovative move. Um, I was going to tell Slade, dude, I I saw it again last night because I was watching Superstars. So if you go... I think I'm in like November of 92 on Superstars. But right. in that uh, era of Superstars, they'll be on the shows. And if you've watched Superstars before, you slayed, I know you have. Um, but any of y'all listening, if you have, haven't watched it, 90% of the matches on there are squash matches. So it's a very yes. easy show to watch. Um, the matches move quickly. Very funny commentary and whatnot. So yeah, go check that out. Like I said... Um, it was it, it just caught my eye when I saw it the first time because I remembered that tag team being together, but I didn't necessarily remember any of their matches. Uh, and then seeing oh, that, I just oh, I just saw it. Yeah, it's that is nasty. Yeah, like it's really legit, especially for the early nineties. 
Yeah, that is a, um, and then they changed it to the Sidewinder, which was terrible. Right. But that is a, that is a nasty finishing move. Yeah, it was really good. There was, there was, it would would work today. Yeah. There was a, the, the Beverly brothers, um, Mike Enos and Wayne Bloom, they had a finisher that was kind of like that, except for they didn't do a pile driver. They would do the back body drop. And what would happen is, Normally, it would be Bloom would, would do the back body drop, and while the guy was flipped in the air, um, Enos would come across and dump him on it, like, just, like, guide him down to the mat by his head, basically. Right. They called it the Shaker Height Spike. But this is this is awesome. Yeah. Oh, I had the same thought the first time I saw it. I was like, wait, have I never seen this before? Because <laughs> um, I figured oh, it would be talked about, because this is very, like I said, 1992-ish. Yeah. It's very innovative. I mean, obviously oh, absolutely. Like the road warriors and whatnot doing their stuff, and but uh, yeah, just it 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 struck it, it stuck with me, and and I remember it. I was just like, that's that's a very innovative move for that time. And then you go on to hear you go on to hear stories about how how strong how ungodly strong Billy Gunn is. Um, yes, and you, and you understand why they're able to do a move like that. Yes. Billy also looks weird in a mustache. <laughs> he does. Uh, almost as weird as uh, Bob Holly when he was Bob Sparky Plug. Yes. <laughs> he, yeah, he, he fit the gimmick, though. Uh, so anything else has kind of caught your attention uh, currently the last few weeks? or not, not, That's about it. I, we, we, we were able to cover a lot of ground, though. I think we did. I think we did. Oh, that's nasty. Sorry, I'm watching it again. Oh, <laughs> uh, well, uh, if, if Slade doesn't have anything to add, I guess we'll get on out of here. Um, I plan on us having a an elimination chamber review episode out early next week, beginning of next week, middle of next week, sometime. Uh, be on yeah. the lookout for that. Once again, uh, I think it'll be a good pay per view. Uh, they, and I should be able to actually watch it this week too. There, so there you go. Um, they've been knocking them out of the park, uh, and I don't see that trend changing anytime soon. Especially with WrestleMania coming up, uh, plenty of storylines to, to 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 key in on and, and to watch and, and see how things evolve and, and where they go from here. Uh, so with that being said, we'll, we'll get on out of here. Um, we appreciate y'all listening. Like I said, this is episode twenty. This is about 19 more episodes than I thought we'd make. Um, So we appreciate y'all coming along on this journey. We hope that we've gotten better each and every episode. Um, That's our goal. And uh, be sure and follow us on social media, Twitter, Facebook, like I said at the beginning of the episode. And you'll stay up to date with all the new episodes. And we live tweet on our Twitter account for most most weekly wrestling episodes. Uh, we, we, We try and do that. Try and, try and get some entertaining content out there for the masses. Um, Absolutely. Give us a like and a follow on social media. Um, and until next time, guys, be safe, stay warm, and we hope you've enjoyed listening to Turnbuckle Talk. Have a good one.